Well, let's look at Proverbs 13.22. Last week, uh, we covered a, a few things, and we'll get back to our, our series, I believe, you know. Um, but last week, we covered a few things, and then um, the, the service went in a different direction. But I, I have it to, to cover a few of the things today and, and go in and, uh, you know, add to it some. So Proverbs 13.22. Proverbs 13.22 it says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. In the Amplified Classic, it says, a good man leaves an inheritance of moral stability and goodness to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up. Uh, we read this before. Let's, let's look at this real briefly. Legacy. I want to talk to you about legacy and just our influence in general. Legacy can mean a, a money or property given to another by will, something handed down from an ancestor or a predecessor from the past. For instance, a legacy of religious freedom. Um, also, heritage is very closely related. Uh, heritage can be property that is or can be inherited, like an inheritance, or something that is passed down from preceding generations or a tradition. So legacy and, and uh, heritage, they have the meaning of intangible things, uh, ideals, knowledge, moral standards, can be physical things like uh, property or money, but our legacy really is our influence on other people. And you don't have to have physical children in order to have influence on people. You impact people wherever you go. By your presence, especially people that you see more than once, you are having an influence. You know, sometimes we do think of legacy as just something that, you know, somebody passed on, somebody died, and then what is their legacy as if it started then? Of course, their, their life influenced it, but you're, you don't just start talking about it then. I mean, people say, well, you know, what is their legacy in this position going to be? Well, that's influence. What is your legacy going to be? What is your, you know, the heritage that you uh, can pass on, both in family and people that know you? You know, we, uh, as we said, what do we want to be remembered for? And when everything is settled, what, what is it that we brought to... Uh, really the world, to those around us. Psalm 112, verse 1, verse 2. We covered a few of these, but we're going to go over some of this and then go further. Praise the Lord. Verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in His commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. This is talking about the man who fears the Lord, not run away, scared fear but reverences, honors the Lord, who delights greatly in His commandments, man or woman, person. Verse 2, His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. In the Living Bible, it says, His children shall be honored everywhere, for good men's sons have a special heritage. Well, something passed on, something influenced uh, into to that family. 2 Timothy 1 verse 3, 
This is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. He said, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Seeing the concept that Timothy had something uh, or there was something in Timothy's grandmother, a faith, and then in his mother, and Paul, the Apostle Paul is saying, I persuaded it's in you. Well, that's intangible. That's, that's an influence. That, there's a spirit of faith there that's being passed down. In this case, it's family. But we bring to those around us, we're still passing something. You know, you walk into a room, somebody's angry and bitter, you pick up on that. That's passing to you, whether they want it to or not. Whether you want it to or not, that's influencing you. You know, sometimes you walk into a room, though, and there's peace. You know, you could have been uh, feeling uh, anxious or something, or something's trying to press on you, and then you get around certain people, and there's peace. Well, that's bringing uh, influence. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 It says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now notice this. This is just a little bit later in the same book, next chapter. You know, these weren't written, these letters weren't written in chapter and verse. Those, the chapter and verses, those were added, uh, you know, by scholars so that we could have reference. So we could say, hey, look at this part. Can you imagine how difficult it would be if none of the Bible had any reference? For us to do what we're doing now, we wouldn't, I mean, yeah, you have the letter from Paul to Timothy. Oh, the first one. Let's look at, well, let's see. The 15th paragraph, I mean, that would be difficult. So thank God for reference, but we have to understand it was a letter. That means it's all flowing together. So this is just a little bit later than what we just read as far as his faith being passed down from uh, grandmother and, and mother. Verse 1, there, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses... So the, the things you heard that were passed to you, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So that's what, what Timothy's heard from Paul. Now he's saying to Timothy, you pass it on. You pass it to people that can then pass it on. Well, that's what's been going on for centuries. And we all have a part in these things. God's plan, what He has to do on the earth, every person has a part of that. Every person has influence. Every person will have something. I mean, ideally, God has given each person something that when you look back from heaven, you had a part to play. And we want to play that part. We want to step into that part and uh, influence the world for God. Philippians 4 verse 9 Again, the Apostle Paul 
It says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Well, what is that? What, what are the things you learned and received and heard and saw in me? These do, and the God of peace will be with you. He's talking about, as I lived with you, as you saw me, these things you do also. You, you, you bring them on and you do them. Well, what's the implication? that Well, other people are going to see you doing them. Other people are going to hear you. Uh, you're going to have influence. So Paul's, did Paul have an influence in the world? wrote a lot of what uh, we have as the New Testament now. Is he still influencing the world now? Yeah, we're reading how many verses have we read. The man followed God to the best of his ability, did what God had him to do, and we are still reading these words. These words are part of Holy Scripture, and they influence us now. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Now, this is, Paul, this is Peter, fisherman. He was a fisherman. Jesus called him. He's a fisherman, and Jesus said, follow me. What if he wouldn't have followed Jesus? Probably wouldn't have heard of Peter. There's a probably very high likelihood you would have never heard of this Peter. But he said he followed Jesus. And now, some letters he wrote, and we know about him from the Gospels. He was one of the twelve apostles. He will be known forever because he said yes and did. He's a fisherman. He could have been like, I'm not, what? You want me to do what? I'm not qualified. I can't. But he said yes to Jesus. And because of that, now we have not just about him in the Gospels, but letters he wrote, now are, is, they're influencing the world now. We're, we're reading letters from a fisherman that followed the Master. And he said, as each one has received a gift, 1 Peter 4, verse 10, as each one who has received a gift, minister, to, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God, as each one has received a gift. Do you realize that each of you, each person online, each Christian, you've received gifts from God, and part of the reason that you have those gifts is to impact other people, impact the world. Say, impact the world? Well, we're all in this world. People are in this world. Like we talked about, we're not of the world, but we're in it. And when you impact somebody, you're impacting the world. See, everybody, sometimes people just get, well, I want to impact the whole world. Well, there's not that many people that impact the whole world. There are people. Thank God for it when it's a godly influence. There's people that influence the world for bad. Everybody knows who they are. Could name names and everybody would know. And it's not a good thought that follows that name. Many people like that. But then there's people like we're talking about. Peter, Paul, and they impacted the world. There's people that have influenced on that scale. But just because you don't influence on that scale doesn't mean we ought not to influence the world. Because we all have a grace, we have gifts, we have the ability to influence the world. It says here, as you've received a gift, minister it to one another. 
as good stewards. What's a steward? That means you, you are using what has been given to you. Good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, everybody doesn't have the same grace, and everybody doesn't have the same giftings, and so everybody isn't going to have the same type of influence. Not everybody's going to have the same legacy. In other words, what they remember one person for may not be the same thing as they remember another person for. When you think of somebody, you may think of certain influence. You may think of certain giftings. When you think of another person, another Christian, you think of others. That's by design. Can you imagine how stale it would be if everybody were exactly the same and you had the same exact gifting as everyone? Well, then you'd kind of be calling the question, what? You, you, somebody say, I have a gift. Everybody has the exact same thing. It'd be hard to even say you have a gift. You had, well, okay, you have a gift in the sense that it was given to you just like every other person in the world. You looked exactly the same. Your, the frequency of your voice, the tone of your voice was exactly the same. I mean, you couldn't even, if everybody's the exact same, there wouldn't be male, female. There would just be a person, cookie cutter. That's not the way God set it up, and that's not the way the body of Christ is. And so, when, you know what sometimes happens? We're trying to be like somebody else and have their influence and their legacy, if you want to put it that way, and we're missing the boat because we're different. And you're, trying to, you're wasting your time trying to be someone else. Peter, if he were trying to be Paul, wouldn't have worked. Paul trying to be Peter, wouldn't have worked. They just, you know, like I, um, uh, our, our regional director, Pastor Sam Smucker, he gave this story. He tells it way better, and I'm going to tell it, but I'll tell it anyway. When he was young, uh, I think he's in his 20s, one of the first mission trips he, he went on, um, he went down, and I want it, was it Jamaica? It was somewhere down there, and this, this guy, I can't remember his name, but he was well-known, he was evangelist, and he went down there, and he would preach and get up there and preach, and people would come. And so he, this man had uh, pa asked Pastor Sam to, to preach. One night he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to preach. And he got up there, and he was preaching, and he said he went through all, everything he had and just tried to preach. And, and then he got done, and he tried to give an altar call, and just a few people came up. And he said, this guy got up. And then he preached, and you know, he said he had a big voice and what he would do in his way. And he said, and then he gave an altar call. He said, and people came from everywhere. And he said that the guy talked to him, I don't know if it was the, that night or the next morning at breakfast or something, he was talking to him. And he said, swim in your own lane, Pastor Sam. Swim in your own lane. He goes, you were trying to be me last night. He goes, swim in your own lane. And I don't know how many times I've heard Pastor Sam say that over the years. He's talk, he said, I think he said it when he was here. Swim in your own lane. In other words, don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to do what somebody else is grace to do. You can't do it. Don't try. 
So many times we try. You know what? It's frustrating because you can't do it. Try to do something you're not equipped for. Try to do something you're not grace for. What is grace? It's the equipment of God. If God hasn't told you and equipped you to do it, and we're supposed to be under Him, and He's supposed to be our Lord, and we're supposed to do what He tells us to do, why in the world will we try to do something we haven't been told to do and we're not equipped for? It's a rhetorical question. Why would we do it? You know it's not going to be right. In other words, if we do something we're not equipped for, we're doing it on our own. <laughs> and that's not going to be a blessing to anybody. It's not going to be the grace of God. It's supposed to be God flowing through us. See, our influence is supposed to be actually God's influence through us. That's who's influence, not, well, you're, you know, you or me, we're so big and look what we've known. It's supposed to be as a Christian, what did he do through us? What did we allow him to do? And then who gets the glory? He gets the glory. And we say boldly, it wasn't me, because you know what you can do. You say, it wasn't me. Glory to God, who enabled. You know, not, not just religiously, oh, well, glory to God. No, you mean it, glory to God. <laughs> Not me. Glory, glory to Him. Not, 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 because you know you, and you know what you can do, and the anointing and grace of God is something entirely different. Well, that's what we want, is for Him to flow through us. Let's look at uh, Ephesians. Actually, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, and then we'll go back to Ephesians, I think. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. It says, for as the body is one and has many members, talking about the church, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Verse 15, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And he's, he's referring to the body of Christ, uh, comparing it to the natural body, you know, your, your human body. Verse 16, and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Are you saying, if everybody, if everybody is an eye, then where would be the hearing? If everybody has the same gift and they all can see but they can't hear, well, then it's not... I mean, if you had just were filled with eyes, that would be ugly and it wouldn't be functional. You wouldn't be able to hear. You say, what you take for granted, you couldn't do. If you were all eyes, you couldn't walk anywhere. You wouldn't be thinking anything. I mean, it just breaks down left and right. I mean, the way the body is, it all works together. The brain sees signals and takes signals from the eye tells it where to look, but then takes images. Well, the brain, I mean, the brain's a member. Well, if you don't have a brain, what if you don't have the, the, the conduits, you know, the nerves and everything that, that transmit the signals? Well, it doesn't matter if you have a brain and eyes, you still can't function. 
any number of things. What if you don't have blood? What if you don't have a heart? Well, not going to last very long. Didn't even get there in the first place. I mean, it goes on and on and on. The body's made to work together, not single areas. You know, he says if everybody were hearing, ears, where would be the smelling? It says God has set the members, each one of them, just in the body just as he pleased. See, we take it for granted. What we just started to say, when you start breaking it down, all the different parts of the human body, you very rapidly realize if you don't have all the parts, it does not work. But in the body of Christ, it's so easy to go, well, uh, we need more of this, 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 and this, and this, and this. Just the same thing. I want to be this. I see somebody, and I want to be like them. Ooh, I wish I could do that. Ooh, I wish I could do that. That's the same thing as the eye saying, oh, I wish I could hear. Never going to happen. Everybody say, never going to happen. Because you're an eye. Well, I want to be the heart. Well, who's going to be the ear? Who's going to be the eye? It's foolish, it's deception, but it's so common, and it's exhausting. You know, everybody has a part to play in the body of Christ. Everybody has a grace, they have gifts that they bring on the scene, and it is part of what we're to influence in the world. You have an influence. Everybody say, I have an influence. Everybody say, I have gifts. Given to me by God. Given to me by the head of the church. You know, where does it use them for Him? If, if you have gifts and they look a certain way, you can't change them into other gifts. No more than an ear can change to an eye, or an eye can change to a foot, and an eye would not be a very good foot. Think about it. You know how that's going to go real quick. If your foot were an eye, not going to be an eye very much longer because as you put pressure on it, your foot doesn't make a very good eye. You can't, it might, it'll look really bad. It's sticking out there. You know, this is my hand. I can't, sorry, I'm not that flexible. I cannot get my foot up to my face for this illustration. But pretend, you know, we'll just use a hand. <laughs> if I use my hand in my eye, <laughs> my hand ain't going to be a very good eye. It doesn't transmit any visual data. It just gets in the way. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't do any good. Looks silly. Some, some hand, you know, somebody that's like a hand in the body of Christ wants to be the eye. Well, this is what you look like. Why are you there? You'd be, the question is, why are you trying to be an eye? You're not an eye. Yeah, but it wouldn't be an eye. <laughs> well, you're not very good at it. Get out of the way. Nope, I like it here. I like it. Everybody knows you look like this. You're in the way of this other eye. Can't do its job because you got this hand sticking out. The brain's going, where's my signals? Where, you know, where's the picture? Oh, we got somebody that wants to be an eye. Would you get out of the way? You're not helping anything. Now, we laugh, but that is exactly what happens. And, it, you know, it's so obvious when you split it down into body parts, but in the body of Christ, uh, it is so easy to want to try to do something that somebody else is clearly equipped for. <laughs> You're not. I'm not. 
just stay in your own lane, do that, and now people go, wow, an eye works beautifully. There's a lot of things you don't realize how out of place they are until they get out of their place. You don't think anything of your eye. I mean, you may think, you know, you're not thinking of the intricacies and how nothing else in your body will work until there's something that's not right or whatever. Then you realize, well, you can't just say, well, it's okay, I have a hand, I'll, I'll substitute. No, we, we need to appreciate what God has given us and blessed us with, how to influence. Everybody say again, I have an influence. Say, I have gifts given to me by the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have a, an influence, a gifting to do something for him. That's precisely what we ought to increase in and do. Because it will be a blessing to other people. It will be a blessing to you. It will be a blessing to the body of Christ. And we need to look at other people and realize they have other gifts and appreciate what God has given them. And not try to change them into us or them into a different thing that we think, well, you know, you're good, but if you had more of this, then that would be better. And what we're really trying to say is if you had some of this other gift in there, then it would be better. But if you had that gift, then you would act more like this other thing and it would just cut off what you do like about them. Do you see that? Yes. So in other words, they are doing something the way they do it. And because they're gifted in a certain way, they come up with things, they, they, they are able to function. And then you're like, but if it would just like this, in other words, sometimes we do it with ourselves. Well, but it should be this way. And we're thinking of how it would be in our gift. And so what we're trying to do is, if you see, they don't flow the way you flow. And if they started being like you, all of a sudden that all that stuff that you do think is good, that goes away because that's more in your... It'd be like the ear saying, you know, I like the eye. But he can't hear anything. If he could just hear a little bit, that would be better. Huh? No, it's not going to happen. I go, well, you know, I like the, the ear, but he can't see anything. He's always in the dark. That's not what he was meant to do. See, you think, well, but if he, could just, if he could just see a little bit. There is no little bit. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't grow. I don't, I'm not saying we shouldn't be better. But to, when, what we don't understand when we start looking at that or ourselves, we can get on ourselves. And Satan will accommodate you. You start beating yourself up for what God has gifted you to do because you're not like somebody else. Satan will beat you up. Like somebody said, you're beating yourself up with a normal-sized hammer. You say, wait a minute. Satan will come and go, that's not big enough. And he'll give you an eight-pound sledgehammer to beat you up with. Wait, you're not working hard enough at this. If you're going to listen to him, go be a, you're functioning where God has called you to function, and you're doing it because he's gifted you, and you look at somebody else and go, well, I wish I were like that. If you were like that, you would be a different gift. Well, I just can't hear. I'm an eye. You're not supposed to. Do the things that God, God has called us to all come up in certain areas, in generalities. But sometimes we apply that all across the board, think we're supposed to be all things to all people, good and everything, and there doesn't, there's no person on earth like that. There's nobody like that. And you know what it ha happens? We pull back from influencing the world the way God has gifted us because we think we should be influencing it the way somebody else has gifted to influence it. 
And what happens? The body of Christ loses out. You lose out. You're not a blessing. People aren't blessed all because you're pulling back from being who God called you to be. And as you wait to be somebody else, you'll never influence people. We'll never influence the way we were meant to influence. Let's look at Ephesians 4.11. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the building up of the body of Christ. Verse 13 Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him, who is the head, Christ, verse 16, what we wanted to get to, but read the context, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every person does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Let's look at that in the Amplified Classic. A couple uh, versions will make it even more clear. Verse 16, Ephesians 4, 16, the Amplified Classic says, For because of Him, the whole body, the church in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments which it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all its function, grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. So given a picture of the body of Christ, with each part, notice I like the way that, that, that phrase said it. Let's go back to the beginning. Him who the whole body, the church, in all its various parts. So the body of Christ, let's call that as an analogy, it's Christ's body, but showing how uh, it's like a, a, our physical body. Closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied. When each part with power adapted to its need is working properly. Each part with power or grace or help or God's ability adapted to its need. In other words, you, each person, you and I, we have the power, we have the ability, we have the design to do our part, but nobody else's part. We have the ability, we have the commission we have the grace, we have the gifts to do our part. But you don't have the guns, if you want to say it that way, the equipment. You know, when, when somebody would talk about, when we talk about growing up, you know, one sports team going against each other, 
You don't have the, this team doesn't have the guns to go against. What does that mean? They're outmatched. They don't have the equipment to go and play this. You know, a high school team, generally speaking, does not have the ability to go against a professional team of any sort. Just doesn't matter how good they are at that level, just don't have it. Well, when we try to, to run in somebody else's lane, when we try to do something else that we're not called to do, we don't have the ability or the equipment to do it. We just don't. And the, the, the good news is we don't have to. We're not supposed to. And when we're actually trying to do that, we're out of the will of God. We won't function properly, and we don't have the power to do it. And then it says, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all its function, grows to full maturity, building up itself in love. The body, the body of Christ and the world who we're supposed to influence, the body grows up mature when we take our part. It's working together. Let's look at this in the, the Living Bible. It says, instead, we lovingly follow the truth at all times, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and so become more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. Now, that's something we're supposed to do. Take a thought here. We are supposed to grow up to be more and more like Christ. But you and me, we're not the whole body of Christ. The body of Christ has been called to do certain things on the earth, but each individual is going to do part of what the body is called to do. We are supposed to be more and more like Him. We're not saying you should say, oh, well, that's just not me in, in areas of you know, morality and areas of being faithful to Him. No, we're all supposed to grow, but it'll look different for every person. Satan will try to divide and say, well, you're not like so-and-so, or they're not like you. And that's all comparison, division. It's not right. It's destructive. But we are supposed to come up, and we're supposed to be more and more like him, but Jesus is the only perfect one. Jesus is the only one that functioned in everything right. He functioned in all the gifts of the Spirit, save the you know, tongues interpretations, because that wasn't in this dispensation, but he functioned in all the offices. He is, he is lacking nothing, but we're the body of Christ. We're not supposed to function in everything. Function in some things. Which things? The ones God has gifted you, and you, somebody said, well, I just, don't under, I just don't know. What are the things that come easy to you that are hard for other people? That's a clue. You may say, well, that's nothing. It's nothing to you. Because it's easy for you. Be like the eye saying, well, I just see. <laughs> just see? No other part of the body can do that. Well, I mean, it's all I've ever done. Yeah, it's awesome. Without you, we don't know where we're going. Yeah, but it's... it's ah. You see how dumb that is? You're an eye. Well, I want to do something else. No, we don't want you doing something else. We want you to do that. You bless us all. So we all know where to go. We already got an eye. Two's better. <laughs> well, I just, I, you know, I want to be so-and-so. And people can tell right away, you're not called to do that. 
but I want to. Same thing with the eye. Well, but, and then there's other things dismissing. See, I want to do something else, but the, the things that we are called to do, eh, that's nothing. I've always done that. <laughs> but we like, you're awesome at it. <laughs> you, you're really good. And it blesses everybody. We all grow up when you do that. Yeah, but see, that's the devil. The devil dismisses. The devil makes light of. Eh, eh, that's nothing. Nothing. If God gifted us with something and you're going to call it nothing, well, it's not what I want it to be. That has nothing to do with anything. That is calling him dumb. Mismanaging. Mismanaging. Well, I know, I believe God called me to this, but I really don't like it. What? God, the Almighty, the Infinite One, said, you do this, and you say, I don't really think so. Everybody else says, no, you're, you're gifted to do that. You're gracious. Nah, I don't really like it. No. That's, that's the enemy trying to rob the world of the influence of him, of God. Shut somebody down, keeping them from doing what God has gifted them, what God has called them to do, what he has equipped them to do specifically. Let's read this again. Let's just start verse, verse, the beginning of the verse and then read it. Instead, we lovingly follow the truth at all times, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and so become more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. Under His direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly, and each part in its own special way helps the other parts so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's what we're supposed to look like. We have an influence. We have an impact that we are called to do. Doesn't look like other people's. Not supposed to. We find that role and we increase in that role. And we do what God has called us to do. We stay in that lane. We stay in that function. And everybody else is blessed. The world is blessed. We're blessed. And the body functions the way it ought to and has the impact then as a whole the way it, it, it ought to. We have an impact as we yield to Him. It takes humility. It takes trust. It takes putting our pride aside, putting our desire. When you say desire, you got to qualify that. Where's it coming from? Is it your spirit? Is it your head? Is it your flesh? Why would you want to do something that you're not supposed to be doing? Where's it coming from? But we put our desires, if it's fleshly or intellectual, aside, and we say, Lord, what, what is the place you would have me to do, to, to, to function in? Help me to see clearly those things that I've dismissed. Help me to see clearly what you would have me to do. And Lord, I yield to you to function in that, to grow in that, 
to be a blessing in that, I'm going to excel in that area and influence the world around me, maybe not the whole world, but the world that I, is in front of me, what you've called me to, I'm going to influence it for you, and I'm going to let you flow through me and be a blessing. Amen. When people think about you, they, 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 more and more, what they don't realize maybe is they're seeing Him. They're seeing part of Him. They're seeing part of Him emphasized in your life and in your influence. They see His grace manifested in this world through you. Let's close with this, John 15, 16. It says, you did not choose me. This applies to us just as much. Jesus talking to his disciples. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. For whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. I chose you. You did not choose me. You did not choose your function. I'm going to say that again. You did not choose your function. We have a choice to bow our knee to him and do what he's already in his infinite wisdom, determine our best fit. See, in this, in this uh, sometimes people say, well, you know, they tell children, you can do whatever you want to do. Now, the sentiment may be good. They're trying to say, you can do what, you, if you believe, you can do certain things. But for the Christian, it really has to be changed to, Lord, what would you have me to do? Because here's the thing. He's already figured out what you, you need to do, what you're called to do, what you are equipped to do. He's already done that. You don't have to figure that out. Our job is to, is to follow Him and say, Lord, what is it? Determine what He has already determined is the right thing, and now go with Him. We didn't choose it. He chose us, and He equipped us. And He qualified us, and He gave us grace in a certain function. We did not choose that function. He chose us, and He appointed, it says, I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That you will go, function in the, the area He has called you to, bear fruit in that area, and that that fruit will remain forever because you were just where he told you to be and you're saying well that's not my role that's not my role but here we go this is where i'm supposed to be lord i don't care if i think that would be better this would be better lord it's what you've called me to do i'm doing that and i know you'll flow through me here not going to get the big head in this area not going to think lowly of me because i'm not somebody else if you called me then that is where I'm supposed to be, and I humbly submit to you. I'm not going to put somebody else's gift down, not going to put my own gift down, just going to be happy to serve here, do it with everything I have, and be a blessing to you, blessing to the people around me, and influence this world for you. And that the fruit that comes forth 
will remain for eternity and you will get the glory. Amen. He is so good. He's just waiting for us. Get in the function that I told you to do and do it with everything. Don't get sidetracked. Get your eyes off other stuff and come and just get in the place that I have for you.